0: what is up everybody it is that time again for the txr podcast and i am your host once again for this podcast and yes we are 15 minutes late because apparently i don't know what dm i'm putting the damn link in so yes welcome to my world (laughs) but let's have some fun tonight we got some great topics to cover uh Invader will be back next weekend for sure, but until then, uh, you guys get me and our amazing guests, which we're going to start off right now with. Uh, let's talk to our first guest first right here, Mr. Othiri. How are you doing today, and what are you playing?
1: Uh, hey, hey guys, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm fine. I'm happy, because in the past couple of days and weeks, something good is happening, and my, my spirits are up. So far, I've been trying to finish Jedi Survivor, and uh, I've been having such a good time. It's just so it's just so improved upon the other one, and it's just fun. I'm just taking my time and taking in the scene and enjoying a good Star Wars game.
0: yeah, I'm trying to uh I just started playing that myself. I'm not too far in the game, but yeah, there's definitely some mechanics there that I thought were great quality of life improvements and also just i mean the overall like the i was not expecting uh, a bill uh, a build mechanic in the game for i'm not trying to ruin it for anybody or going to like spoilers on that <laughs> but i was just saying like the mechanic of of basically what takes place on like the second planet you go to and you start reuniting with one of the member the, the members from the first game and you find out you're going to help him improve upon the situation he created over there. You're like, wow, I was not expecting that it, mechanic.
1: It's just, it's just beautiful. These guys have just have done themselves. They've actually improved every single thing from Jedi survivor to this. And it's just beautiful. Everything, storytelling, gameplay, every single bit of this is perfection. The funniest thing is the drawings. The droids are so much funny. They remember. Uh, they remind me of the ongoing in Halo. Very funny dialogue, and it's just it's just charming. It's just something nice to see. That a little bit of Star Wars is actually going well, and <laughs> it's actually fun to see because Star Wars hasn't been in a good terrible uh, good place right these days, and this is very nice to have. The one thing that shocked me
0: was. I remember the first game came out. They were very against uh, too much dismemberment when it came to like human, the human form and living creatures. <laughs> they had no problem with it with with robots and stuff. But this one, you could really you can walk up to like an animal that like one of the enemy animals and actually just cleave that thing right in half, right down the middle, and you're just like, wow, that was pretty graphic.
1: It, it is. <laughs> Many people wanted that on humans, but. Is, is Disney doing oh, yeah, all that? It
0: is definitely yeah. drum down for the human, but still, I mean, like when you watch a storm, yeah. troo- a storm trooper's arm fly off, you're like, "Wow, that was different."
1: Yeah, yes. Knowing how very kind of reserved they are, this is very, very well, well welcome. I was even surprised they actually allowed some bit of dismemberment in some fashion on people. It's it's nice. It's all we actually asked for. It was missing in Jedi Fallen Order and everything is here. I mean, Respawn, they've done some amazing stuff and I'm just, it's just nice to see.
0: Oh, definitely for sure. All right, moving on to our next guest, Mr. Crow. How are you doing today and what are you playing? I'm doing
2: pretty well. Um, Lately I've been playing a game called Kart Riders. It's pretty much a Mario Kart clone. It's a lot of fun, especially if you get a nice group of people together and you can do some custom races. Uh, I also recently started playing a game called Warlander. I don't know if anybody's ever played the game called Happy Wars, but it's a lot. It's similar to that, but a medieval theme to it. It's definitely a lot of fun.
0: That's free to play, right?
2: Yeah, both of them are.
0: Well, I know Cartwright, but I think I know the game you're talking about, Warlander. As a matter of fact, I think I just watched a trailer for it this morning.
2: Oh, man, it is a lot of fun. I was A lot of these games I'm very skeptical about, but it's nice. It's a 40 v. 40, uh, almost identical to Happy Wars, but like I said, with a uh, medieval theme.
0: Right on. All right, moving on to the TXR regulars, let's first start off with Mr. Crusader, our favorite Garrus enthusiast. How you doing today, good sir, and what have you been playing?
3: I'm good. Uh, I finished um, Ghostwire Tokyo the day before they released that performance patch, so that felt great. Um, (laughs) Literally, I finished it the night before. Uh, I really liked the game. Uh, my My complaints were that it didn't have, you know, that it had weird performance uh, issues and weird um, uh, sound issues where, like, the sound would get real awful if, like, a lot of combat was happening. And I thought it was my sound bar, and then it happened with my headset. And I was like, oh, it's the game. Okay. Um, So, but I really, really did like Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, uh, Once you get the abilities and, like, you get some synergies going, it's a lot of fun. It is really a drudge at the beginning when you have, like, nothing. And that 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 is, like, a, a lot of games that implement skill trees fall into that pitfall of game design, where instead of the skill trees enhancing an already baseline fantastic, like, combat experience, the combat experience becomes fantastic through the skill tree, which, if you don't allocate perks, points fast enough, then you, you've created a very bad first impression for your first few hours and that 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 was like my first few hours of the game but like towards the end i was like yeah this rocks um other than that i was playing some adult legos this weekend so we were building a computer for someone that was a lot of fun. i was I'll gonna say
0: this. adult legos what kind of freaking fantasies
3: no adult it is, it is it is it is you know like. Three thousand dollars of computer parts, putting them together over a Saturday for someone who doesn't really—he kind of knows how to put a computer together, but not really. So, my, my, a couple of our friends, we, we we go out and we help our friends put their stuff together. So that that, that was fun.
0: It's always fun to build a PC. Yeah. I always I always want. I've always wondered: should I take a crack at it? I I know enough to get myself in it, trouble. I don't know enough to get myself out of a serious situation
3: if um, I create it's, one. It's really not. <laughs> It's really not that hard. The, the The biggest part is making sure you're buying parts that are all not only compatible with each other but actually fit in your case nowadays because of the size of the graphics cards.
0: <laughs> that, um, right. I just get more worried about like dismount like lining the pins up on a gra- on a graphics uh,
3: thing. If you're getting AMD, that's a slight concern. If you're doing Intel that's like not a concern at all. You literally just have to make sure you're putting it in in the right direction that's it like there's an arrow on the on the uh processor and there is an arrow on the board and you just make sure that you put them you line them up because the the intel ones are just pads and it 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 can only fit in one way properly yeah Um, i can't
0: even get a i can't even get a Streamyard link into the proper dm so
3: (laughs) yeah i was i was like hey uh centurion we uh we um we we good tonight um, yeah, for whatever uh, reason, I thought Invader would like the link. I got to him on Xbox. I'm like, we, uh, we, we, we going tonight? And then I he sent the link, and he was like, my bad.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It was definitely my bad. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> All right. Mr. Shockley, how are you doing tonight? And what have you been playing good, sir?
4: Oh, not much yet. Yeah, uh, just been trying to get back into... Uh... Breath of the Wild, I think I got like to like the last dungeon before Ganon like, years ago, and I just <laughs> for whatever reason stopped, so just been trying to get that started and figure out where the hell I was, uh, <laughs> or what, what the hell I was doing, so I can finish that and go into, uh, since this one's kind of a continuation, um, but yeah, just been trying to do that, almost got my uh, Resident Evil Remake platinum so about to finish doing that but uh yeah i haven't gotten into anything too new but trying to get caught up so i can jump into some of the sequels so <laughs> but yeah not much but ready to get into these uh, topics
0: well uh at least to cap off like what i've been playing i finally rolled the credits on dead island 2 got all the side quests and all the fun stuff in but i didn't go down the rabbit hole of trying to find all the the legendary well i found all the legendary items through the quests but i didn't go through and like go and find all the lockers and all the zombies running around with keys on them um and then i got into uh like me and theory were talking about um i got into jedi survivor i've been kind of stabbing away at fours of four because i want to get fours of four dialed in before i play fours of five and then for whatever reason I went down this rabbit hole of it's weird. Like the game pass faux effect happened when quantum break left game pass. I was like, Oh, that sucks. But I own it digitally. I mean, I own it uh, physically and then it came back. And then as a, some celebration, they sold the game for digital for $10. And I'm just like, what the hell? I'll just put it in my digital locker. And so I've gone down the rabbit hole of replaying quantum, a quantum break. And I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That is a very underrated, awesome game.
3: Oh, you know, I just played it recently. It was freaking great. It was the first time I played it.
0: Did you watch it with the movie? Did I already Yeah, of course. That? Okay. I just... I don't know. I fell in love with that game during that whole scene when you see both of You know, the... the mil- like, basically, the mercenary guy and the main character get in the room with the device. And both of these guys are literally in their own right minds each one of them is there for the right reason like you have no way of like really arguing like like, like it was just really cool to see some of that good old-fashioned remedy storytelling coming to play and you seeing these two individuals meeting head to head and obviously the main character is like well i need to get through you to to save the world and the other guy's like well i need to stop you to save the world and this is like You know what's funny? Both these guys have a valid point. (laughs) So, but all right, let's get into the real fun tonight. Thank you to both our guests for joining us. It has been a fun-filled week on social media. Everybody's been getting up in their feelings and all sorts of fun debates. And let's just start with our first one right off the get-go, the EU has come out and approved the Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft buyout. And, oh my God, did the drama start unfolding right away. The CMA decided to do the, do the right mature thing and to do what everybody does, and that is hop on social media and air their grievances. And so it, we have seen all sorts of stuff, um, news articles, social media posts, um, I mean like literally the whole internet has been on fire on How they feel about the situation and really what is going to happen next? You know, is the CMA gonna be able to hold to their guns is the FTC suit even gonna make it to its light and day in court? There is just so many unanswered questions, but we will start off with our guests. Of course first That is the only polite polite way to do things so Mr. Crow, tell us, what do you think is going to take place and how, like, were you surprised the EU uh, approved everything? Like, what was your whole feelings on the situation when they came out and approved it?
2: I wasn't really surprised. I mean, just looking at the numbers that the CMA came up with was laughable. I mean, anybody who'd do any kind of research, they would know that if if you wanted to count every ultimate uh game pass member using the cloud then you have to do the same thing with amazon prime members and luna and in that case they're the market leader and if you don't add those numbers then nvidia is the market leader so it's nice to see that not all the regulators are idiots um but what i think is really happening i think the cma knows they're in a bind they're they're going to get overruled and i think the whole point of this is just to drag out the process, at least until July to where they have to renegotiate that contract. And they're hoping that maybe, maybe Microsoft walks away, but realistically they wouldn't go out and spend all those money on the lawyers if they were just going to walk away. And I think the FTC, once, <clears throat> once the CMA gets overruled, the FTC is going to bend the knee because Lena Khan's already in a lot of trouble with Congress. So it's going to be one of those things where, well, okay, if you want to go to court and you lose, that's your job, or you can just approve this merger and we can go after you another time. That's what I think is going to happen. I just think it's some kind of ploy because it's when you have the prime minister, you have everybody in gaming, everybody in the media, everybody in politics saying, why did you do this? Why did you block it? And then they had to come out with that response on Twitter. They're like a kid, man. I'm going to sit here and put out my loop and say, I'm going to stand for this. It, you know, it, it's laughable. I, I honestly, I just want it all to be over with because the fanboyism from the Xbox side and the PlayStation side, I mean, it's getting out of control. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. And I know that... This isn't going to stop it all, but at least this is something that will everybody will have to move past. If it gets approved, okay, you can't cry about it anymore. If it doesn't get approved, then you can cheer for a little bit, but then you'll just jump on to like the whole Legend of Zelda, or not Legend of Zelda, the new Zelda game where everybody's crying or <clears throat> where the fanboys are laughing because they... Nintendo's charging everybody seventy dollars for "quote unquote" twenty thirteen graphics. I mean, come on, it's like stop. I mean, that's what I, that's all I gotta say. I just I want it to be over with, for the sake of not getting on Twitter and seeing twenty thousand things about misinformation about the future that it's going to go through or it's not going to go through. <clears throat>
0: no definitely this whole situation with the abk deal has really gotten in the weeds and to be honest i remember when i was always wanting to talk about like the political the potential political crap storm that would take place during this deal nobody really wanted to talk about that they all wanted to talk about the great and like you know the potential uh coming of the messiah of when we were if microsoft could purchase activision and it that's where now all of a sudden flash forward like over a year year and a half and all of a sudden this has gotten so political and and like so in the weeds that at this point you have no choice but to be invested one way or the other on a level you never thought like i never thought in a million years that we would hear terms like like, this much political jargon and talk in a gaming conversation. Exactly. But let's move on to our other guest, Mr. Theory. Tell us, uh, were you surprised by the EU approval? What's your whole opinion about the whole situation?
1: Yeah, uh, well, uh, before we got this, well, amazing news, it was a lot of bad, really, really bad talk of Xbox. It was as if Xbox was going to go out of business every single day. And to be honest, I'm going to be honest and say I want the ABK deal to pass for a selfish reason. Because I live in Africa and I'm broke. (laughs) And also, $70 is like a monthly salary of a teacher here. So playing like everybody else around the world is not possible for me. So I was really down. But then I woke up one morning and amazing news. The EU, one of the biggest and one of the massive economies in the world, has actually passed it. I was overjoyed. Then the drama came where the CMA felt like they had to make a tweet, right? Put out a tweet about another independent regulator's decision. That was when I realized that okay, the Xbox how i uh, hating, it's, it's really, it's real. You know, I haven't really felt it yet, but this tells been like, really? Then the China one came and I was like, okay, okay. Now we are in, and this battle, it, it, that's no, it's not going to go the way I thought it was going before these news came, because I have to be honest, man, the way they were hating and the kind of, the way the trajectory of this deal was going, it was not good. I had my hopes up, but it was not good because it was going to be the BON or for my gaming <laughs> career. But I was so happy. I was overjoyed. I knew the CMA's reasons for blocking the deal was just, it doesn't make sense. But there was still momentum on the side. Everybody, everything was pointing towards the deal being blocked. Before the CMA made their decision, it was. It was kind of good. We actually believed that the CMA was going to pass it because uh, Microsoft has proposed some remedies to some of their concerns. So when it came, it came as a shock and even brought me down. But now that China and the EU has passed it, it just feels good. And it makes me feel better that people will see the light and people will see that the excuses that it gave, especially the cloud. What hurts me the most is the cloud. Yes, the cloud has massive potential in the future. That's what Full Spencer is trying to build. But right now, right here, it's insignificant. And it hurts me to see that because of this small portion of the industry is holding people back. It's holding an amazing thing like Game Pass back. And many people I know who can't afford, who would never be able to afford $70 games can't get a chance to experience the amazing collection in Activision's uh, roster, the amazing games that Blizzard has made, all these games, they will never get to uh, enjoy them if this deal deal doesn't go through. So I was a little bit fearful that even though Microsoft has actually made it clear that the CMS reasons for blocking it, it doesn't make sense. It was still looking like people put aside common sense and still block the deal, but now, with the EU and the Chinese regulators passing it, I have more faith that the common sense is already there. We just need a little bit of momentum. And now we have the common sense and the momentum. And I think this deal will go through. But it's just annoying, man. If you don't want to feel what I felt, then you should stay away from Twitter. <laughs> because Twitter is a really nasty place. And every time you open we see really terrible takes really massive fanboyism especially the CM look these guys were young like us i don't know if i don't know how old they are but they they are all gamers some of them are, some of them play playstation and some of them play xbox and every other console that ever been that have been made so i know people in there are actually fanboys so that's the only thing that explains why they see the facts they see exactly what they have to do. and the EU has proved that there are remedies there are ways that you can actually pass this deal without blocking it but they're still adamant. And they actually made put out a tweet saying that and it's funny that the EU has uh, a right to take a stand, dude, EU is independent. they def- I don't know why they have the default or the audacity to actually feel like they have to put out a tweet. It was, it was like the drama is crazy, and I'm just happy that there's so much momentum towards the deal being approved. I'm just happy for Xbox for after a long time of doom and gloom. This is really nice to see.
0: See, that you actually bring some amazing contribution in the conversation because, like you said, you live in Africa and there's this big. Uh, there's this big mindset that apparently everybody has um, a good paying job and that everybody has money and that if you don't buy games on Xbox, you're just, you know, you know, the whole joke about that. Basically, like, I don't even want to say it, but let's just say there's a lot of people <laughs> that believe that game passes for a certain group of people, but they are so yeah. completely checked out on other on what takes place in other parts of the world that, like you said, Dude, buying one game in your country is literally a month's salary. Like, yeah, like some exactly. people couldn't even fathom that. And that, like, huh. that's where I mean, and that's where the CMA, I like how the CMA says they're protecting competition, at least for the UK. And even then, like, I'm sorry, but their actions, uh, no, they have not protected competition. As a matter of fact, they have, in my opinion, shot their, their tech industry in the foot. Um, and that's where, I mean, like, if you go watch, like, uh, me and Crusader, were talking about it. Me, uh, he caught e- excerpts of it. I actually sat and watched, uh, the, the parliament, like the, anything that's recorded through parliament, like the dealings that took place on Tuesday between the CMA and, um, the at least the members of parliament that were there
1: yeah
0: um they i mean the two people at the table look like they haven't ever played a video game in their life and i loved watching them get grilled Uh, exactly and (laughs) and that's where it's just it's kind of interesting that literally like there's people making decisions about a technology a technology market that have no idea how the technology really works or is rolled out or implemented and the like i just i think it's funny how this whole situation is literally blowing up in the CMA's face. And I have my own reservations on it. I have a good friend that lives in the United Kingdom. Uh, We had a conversation about it. He did, um, you know, I feel bad because, yeah, he did feel a certain way about me bringing up Brexit. I'm not going to say that word any other time during this podcast out of respect for him. But, I mean, there has been a little bit of division between – the UK and the EU about certain things and like the gentleman said that uh, rep- one of the Brit- uh, British members of the government, I forget, it was like the, the oh my gosh, what was the Mr. Hunt, Who? what is his position Crusader? I, I know I have it written down
3: so he is the head of I'll, I'll find the, the he's, exact like their, he's, he's like the one of, of like, their, their finance accounting, officers accounting. Yeah, like the, the it's an economic related office. Let me.
0: Yeah. And that's where he came out and even point like he wanted like one of the things that I had to agree with was um so this finance minister came out and obviously criticized about how the CMA or he used the term regulators really need to look at the broader picture of how decisions are going to fe- affect international relations between the U.K. and other countries And getting people or getting industries and other companies to invest, invest their time and money into the UK economy for job growth and obviously economic growth. And Florian Mueller over on Foss Patents made a good example of saying that even though the EU and the CMA do not do not directly compete with each other, the UK and the EU compete with each other by trying to get companies to go into their regions and create jobs and economic growth and everything that comes with that. And we have already seen a large number of companies, like even Activision has come out and said that they're actually going to refocus some of their efforts over in Europe to EU regions and that they aren't really wanting to invest heavily in the UK anymore. We saw the crown jewel of the UK tech industry, Arm, decide to forego uh, listing themselves on the London Stock Exchange in favor for the American Stock Exchange. Uh, There has been a lot of pushback from at least the tech industry on wanting to pursue any kind of growth in the UK. And that has created a situation where the CMA got grilled this Tuesday. And literally the, the gentleman that was there representing parliament, whatever his position was, Ask them a yes or no question do you guys think about what you are do think about how your decision can affect our international relations and he actually got frustrated with them and almost like you could tell this dude wanted to yell at them but the cameras were rolling Mm. and they were not Mm. wanting to give him a straight answer for the yes or no question he asked him but
3: what do you think crusader yeah so the name uh, jeremy hunt is the chancellor of exchequer i think i'm saying that 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 word correct I, I listened to a pronunciation, I believe it's exchequer. He's a secondly, the second minister. He reports directly to the prime minister, right? And he is the head of his majesty's treasury. So basically the most important economic figure in uh, the United Kingdom uh, was saying that, listen, I don't really like questioning their independence, but at the same time, uh, you know, what was his exact quote? Uh, It was, scrolling back a sec. It was, I wouldn't want to interfere with their independence, but they need to understand their wider responsibility, was what he directly said. Um, I think if you had asked Centurion or I the day that the CMA decision came down, we both would have told you with, like, 99% certainty, knowing the, the, the general situation at hand, that we we, prob- we both assumed the deal was just dead. Right? No, I know I did. I, did. I, I went I through that 48-hour
0: period of, like, yeah, this deal's done.
3: Yeah. Um, normally, you can look at events, at other cases and things like that, and come up with a baseline of this is how something's going to happen, right? We are in a state. Of complete unprecedented right now. Um, No one should, in good conscience, give you a percentage of, yeah, I think it's going to go through. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go through because there is literally nothing to base any estimates off of Now We are we are literally in uncharted waters and it's actually kind of incredible to watch it unfold.
0: Um, Um, Part of that uncharted waters is the situation with the fact that the UK broke off from the EU not only three years ago. And so yes, for the first time in world history, we are seeing a a new regulatory body emerge and wanting to make their mark in the regulator in the world of, of antitrust regulation. And so yeah, like literally this is the wild, wild west of antitrust yeah. regulation right now, and it I, is totally unprecedented.
3: I actually do think that there is quite the possibility that it still closes before the end of July. Um And the reason I say that is all it takes now is at this point is for them to, because a lot of people are like, oh, these are the only ways that the UK Parliament can overrule the CMA. You know, there are listed laws that say that these are the direct actions that these people can take and they can overrule one of our rulings. Well, all of the CMA's power comes directly from Parliament. They aren't a constitutional entity. They are an entity created by Parliament to act as an independent entity to do these things essentially for them. I mean, that's the same thing with the FTC in the United States. But the the CMA is kind of a level removed of independent because it's it's separated from the court structure. It's separated from all, all kinds of things, and you can say that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I personally prefer the United States' system, although there are some times where the FTC is too weak because of it. In this case, they they aren't. They would get they would get destroyed in court in the United States with this case. Um, but it comes down to the parliament can change how the CMA functions whenever they want. They can just pass a new law. that says that this is how the CMA functions. Now they, they can, they have that power. The, all of the CMA's powers are vested from the, the, the UK parliament. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, we could, I'm expecting to wake up to just flabbergasting news of in any in any direction. I like, I like just news that I cannot predict. Um, I, I do believe that, based on the 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 UK is generally driven by the the whims of um it's like the of people like Rupert Murdoch and things like that, the people who control the press in in the UK, and that was true with the whole leaving the 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 European Union situation, and honestly, it looks to be true now because you look at like almost every. A form of press in the United Kingdom, and they're all like, "You've made a hor- the CMAs made a horrible mistake. Why? Because uh, to be honest with you, the the people like Rupert Murdoch stand to lose a lot of money if a bunch of companies pull out of the UK and it damages the UK's economy. So, it is a very interesting situation. It made even more interesting, uh, we didn't. You know, we've mentioned that China China approved the deal with no, uh, um, no no needed terms. Um, but also, did anyone see the the comments from the CEO of uh, Take-Two, Zelnik? Yo,
0: yeah, oh, that was good. Like, I mean, that dude's yeah, way yeah. in. Yeah, the FTC, the, the FTC might as well just go burn their yeah, entire dialogue. He, he,
3: he not only did Zelnik come out and say, hey, you know, any this deal with Microsoft's just good for the industry. It's good for us personally. And he he also was like the cloud. He was like, not only do I not see the, he, not only do I not see their cloud argument as valid. I he doesn't even see the cloud as a market, just that it's a distribution model within the gaming market, which is how I would argue the whole thing personally. I don't see actually like, the 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 CMA tried to. Separate market segments into actual different markets with like high profile co- or high performance consoles and low performance consoles and PC gaming and cloud mm-hmm. gaming. Whereas, if you ask me, they're all segments of the same market, just different ways to distribute in different uh, sec- different niche like niches of uh, consumers, right? Because I mean, it- it's really hard to say PC and consoles are separate because a game like we'll say Elden Ring because that's what's on the tip of my tongue right now. I mean, Elden Ring just, it sells on both of them. They're just different platforms to purchase it, right? And they're different, it's just a different method to access the same content. And so it's really hard to directly say that they're a separate market. Um, the Switch, maybe it's a little easier to separate right off Nintendo, but is it really? Because, I mean, it's still the same core concept. You're selling a, a, a boxed or a digital game and people are playing it. It just happens to be a different form factor, right? I mean, it's the same form factor as the uh the uh, Steam Deck, right? Fun- functionally, the the Switch and the Steam Deck are the same kind of form factor, same kind of distribution method. Except there's no physical component to the Steam Deck, and you know the cloud is very similar, right? Uh, a lot of them are purchase the game and bring it to it, like your NVIDIA GeForce Now's, right? And so Zelnik comes in. He's like, "Yeah, not only are they wrong because of uh, because we don't think that the the, the cloud gaming is a, a big enough uh, you know a, a big enough market. We don't think it's a separate market at all." Um, so that's super interesting. Right there, that is probably going to be good if this has to get to an appeals process. That'll probably be a good thing to use on appeals because they're one of the probably two or three largest remaining independent organizations them and ea and both ea and uh uh, take two have come out and spoken very positively of this of this merger um and then the last thing i'd like to bring up is how much money sony has now wasted on their uh attempts to block this deal because no one not a single regulator has stated that there are actual concerns about the consoles besides the FTC. The UK removed the console argument completely from their, their stuff. And the EU in their breakdown was like, yeah, Microsoft said that you know they'll do all these things, so there's no concern there. But also, even if they did those things, there'd be no concern there, right? And it's it's kind of incredible just to see how... It really looks like that uh, that interview in Brussels a few weeks back, right? That was the where they all met before the EC and it's when, it was the day they announced the NVIDIA deal and everything. Um, it, it was that day that nice. probably cemented the fact that none of the regulators were really going to consider the console market as a, a, a valid segment anymore. That that, that that this was actually a concern. That PlayStation overextended their hands in uh, trying to defend their market share. Which, you know, that's the CEO's job to do. But it was a horrible argument and no one bought the argument. <laughs> um, so that, that was very interesting to see. Also very interesting to see that Microsoft out the gate. All of the commitments that they have made to the European Union are in fact global commitments brad smith came out and said directly that any commitment they've made to the european union is going to be applied everywhere even though they're only legally bound to do it in the european union which is which is also pretty cool well um, yeah
0: we also have seen uh like a lot of people don't know but in a recent interview with uh, mr satya he was asked point blank or do you see yourself like pulling out of the UK or doing anything to like scale back in the UK? And apparently with, I guess he kind of smirked when they asked him the question, cause it's obviously not recorded. It's just dialogued. Um, but I guess he just said, uh, we'll wait for the deal to finish before we make that decision kind of thing. And I'm yeah. just like, the fact that he didn't give a yes or a no, I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God, this dude's really well- honestly considering it.
3: So part of it is and like, like I've said from the beginning, part of it is, is that, you know, do they because they can waive any commitments that they've made in the um, in, in their purchase agreement because it's legally binding, but it's a legally binding contract between two parties, not actually legally binding between the any of the uh, um, merger authorities. Uh, It signals to the merger authorities what they're going to do, but both parties can agree to waive those things upon signing. And so what's really interesting is, um, is Microsoft at this point looking at how much of a fine they can get from the CMA and then looking at the $3 billion they have to pay to Activision Blizzard King if it falls through and going... Yeah, we'd rather pay the two billion to the UK and just get the deal done than pay the three billion to uh, <laughs> Activision Blizzard and not get anything out of it. So so part of it comes down to what power does the regulator actually have to stop? Which is actually a really sad thing to think about because it means that actual like horrendous mergers could in fact get through. Um but I mean, really, it is. Uh, you do have to think of it is part of this as a. Uh, it's a cost of doing business at this point.
0: No, for sure. It's it's definitely going to be some interesting times going forward. At least uh, I want to say about July, we might see things start ramping up again because I know there's some deadlines for the deal around July, and then obviously there's the FTC. Court battle that is supposed to take place in August. I'm curious if it'll even make it that far. I really, d- I'm kind of with uh, Mr. Mueller on FOSS patents that Microsoft is probably more than likely going to do something to force the FTC's hand in probably July. So that's going to be interesting.
3: It's super interesting because the only threat of an injunction is gone now the only real threat of a preliminary injunction that, that actually looms is gone, because that, that, that stupid, uh, the the Smurf case, whatever you want to call it. The,
0: the, oh, the gamer the, lawsuit. The gamer, the,
3: the one that he keeps calling the gamer. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying that, to be mean,
0: but you know you're a fanboy when you get hustled by a lawyer.
3: Yeah, the um that lawyer's case, you know, or the, essentially just the lawyer's trying to make a quick buck.
0: Um,
3: oh, yeah, for real. That, uh that was the only really looming threat of a preliminary injunction. The FTC could always file one, but they haven't yet. And they have not signaled that they're going to largely because the FTC probably thinks it's going to win. However, at this point, a a judge may literally throw out their preliminary injunction because one, uh, they've had since December to file it, since they actually stated that they were going to move against the deal. Um, and they could have filed it then and saved Microsoft the, the, the $3 billion in, uh, you know, termination fee. Uh, And two, the FTC has the power to sue and undo a merger or acquisition in the United States, to sue for a judge to to rule that that has to happen. They don't actually have the power to split a company themselves. And they may just say that, like, look, you waited too long, but you have the power to split them. So, like, the case will go ahead, but we're not going to offer you a preliminary injunction to stop them from merging. Um, so at this point, the FTC really doesn't have a whole lot of uh, bite behind their bark. Um, they just waited too long. The, 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 really, the, the only really interesting thing anyone should be looking at is what's going to happen in the UK. Is the CMA going to reverse its decision? Is an appeal to CAT going to work? Or is Parliament actually going to overrule them? Or is Parliament just going to stay back and, and do whatever? Um, I think there's a good chance we wake up on a random Monday and see something wild happen. I don't think it'll be this Monday, but I, I think there's a good chance you wake up on a, on Monday, early June, see something wild happen. And it would actually be crazy if something wild happened in early June. that that would be that would be nuts.
0: You know I see at least Parliament pressuring cat to pressure the CMA. Uh, obviously it would happen behind closed doors because I mean, the FT, the CMA loves behind closed doors and in, in their interview with parliament on uh, Tuesday, the parliament member actually demanded that they uh, go into detail about their meetings with the FTC. And it was, it was literally, well, we weren't supposed to be talking to the FTC. So we didn't really talk to them very much. So not much was discussed. What was discussed. We don't want to get into it. When did you guys discuss things with them? We don't want to get into it. And like, literally the guy's like, do you want to discuss this in front of the cameras or in private? And she literally like was like, we would like to discuss this in private. And I'm like, really? Because you guys know damn well you guys were talking yeah. to the FTC when you shouldn't have been. But anyways, so Shockley, let's hear you weigh in on this whole conversation. I'm curious on what you think. Shockley? Chockle, you there? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Oh, yep. okay,
4: cool. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly what you were talking about. Like when I was watching that.
1: Uh, one sec.
2: But well, while he's doing that. So I uh, there's a couple of people that I follow on Twitter that's following this uh, case like, pretty close. And uh, somebody, uh, a guy named Florian, he was saying that Foss they could... Huh, I'm sorry.
3: False patents. Yeah, that's who uh, Centurion and I were talking about a little bit ago.
2: Yeah. He was saying that they could close tomorrow. <laughs> like they, could, they could close the deal. But then uh, another guy named PostUp... He was saying that in the agreement for Microsoft to purchase ABK, they needed four specific approvals from uh, the US, China, EU, and the CMA. Like the rest of the people didn't really matter. the rest of the countries didn't really matter, but if they didn't get that, they couldn't go through. So I don't I don't really know what's going on.
3: So that is correct. The agreement was the agree in the terms of the agreement, it says there can be no pending litigation from the FTC. And they have to have approvals from the CMA, um, the EU, and China. Uh, however, technically, they can waive those uh, when they when they meet to sign. They can technically waive those. Uh, it's not done very often, but also there's not situations like this ever. Um, so it is a it is the wild wild west of Uh, unprecedented cases. Um, It is true that in theory they could close tomorrow. The likelihood of it is almost zero. Yeah. Um,
2: So um, I also heard that the CMA, when they decided to block it, it wasn't an actual decision. It was just the report. And their decision comes on the 28th of this month. Maybe
3: uh, it's either the 28th of this month and they have until like the 19th. To they have people have until like the 19th of June to respond, yeah. Um, it technically they can change their mind. I don't think they're going to change their mind without the either cat or because if cat intervenes, then the CMA has to reinvestigate with a totally different panel within the CMA. Um, if uh, cat
0: can also make stipulations that they have to take into consideration either new evidence like the gentleman from take two or they can basically say hey you did your math wrong when you when you created your market for cloud gaming and you need to create your math based on based on these numbers that we give you or the way the math should be done cat can actually have a little bit of say so on how they review the process,
3: cat can also say it doesn't go back to the CMA and they just uh, cancel the CMA's decision. This has never been done in history, but they do have that power. Um, no, it's never happened in a merger case, but there's a lot of this weird neverness happening in this case. So, like, it is not something that should be ruled out. It is also not something that you should expect to happen. Yeah. Um. Uh. And it, it, yeah there's just a whole lot of a whole lot of craziness but yeah i would not people are like yeah it could close as early as the 22nd well the 22nd is the date that it could close as early as is because that was when that was the date that the judge in the gamers case had to decide on whether a preliminary injunction could be issued or not Um, that's why people are saying as early as monday but actually technically it was as early as yesterday because the judge came back was it yesterday or the day before
2: i think it was friday
3: yeah, so technically they could have closed as early as Saturday. They're not going to like, like I said, it, just because there's the technicality of it. They're going to wait as long as they physically can to actually get real approvals, or <laughs> actually get the the UK to over like like either CAT to to send it back or to have um, uh, you know, the Parliament overrule something, or. To have the FTC drop their city they'll they'll actually try to wait to make it look as proper as possible w- before actually taking a drastic measure. So that's why, like I, I like I wouldn't wake up tomorrow and be like, "Ooh, it could happen today." Don't, really, don't do that to yourself. Oh, no. um, I'm just...
0: the, C- uh, the CMA also uh, the they have not been able to appeal the deal through CAT in the CMA yet because yeah. even though the CMA did give their fine their the report on their final, on their, you know, final findings at the end of April, the big problem is, is they have not submitted that report to parliament yet. And until that report is submitted from what I've heard, the appeals process is not allowed to go through until CMA finalizes their decision.
3: Um, Cat can also rule that portions of how they um, looked at things are not to be used. So if Cat finds that the cloud market is actually not something that should be taken into account, they can say the cloud market is not something to be taken into account, which actually would probably shut the whole. W- w- which would be one of those things where like Cat technically sends it back, but because the CMA found that like the cloud, or- the cloud market was the only uh, reason to block, it would actually probably just... End there, the appeal would probably just end there, and Microsoft would get you know, would have the, the green go ahead because, unless uh, uh, it would go to a full re review, then it's just like, well, this is what you found, right? And we're overruling a section of it that you we, we think you did erroneously or do- doesn't exist, and so there you go. Um, it is a very, a very tricky process, uh, in, in the UK just because it's so weird how it's structured. Because most, in most places, it goes to the court system, right? In the United States, it goes to the, the court system, really, in the end. If they actually want to block block, they do have to take it out of their administrative court um, it, 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 at some point. Um, most people give up before it happens in, in, a, in a merger deal. Microsoft is obviously, at this point, not going to give up on this deal. If that hasn't become clear to anyone, Microsoft's probably not going to give up... Um, at least until July, I don't see them giving up uh, without a first round of renegotiations or ex- or just a, a, a firm handshake extension of of the deal for for so many uh for so many months at least once. Um, but they're certainly not backing down anytime soon.
0: So Shockley, it, uh, you I back yet? It was... good
3: sir?
4: Yeah. Can you hear me?
3: Okay. Yeah. Yep. We can hear you.
4: Oh, what were okay. you going to say Sorry. about it? Right. My <laughs> my headset died, like, right when... Oh, no! He called on me. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, but, no, it, it was funny watching that, uh, that, whatever you call the, basically the interrogation, not interrogation, but, like, the hearing, I should say, um, when they were just kind of probed of, like, so what did you guys take into account? Um, you know, are you... Obviously, yeah. As regulators, you're going to look at stuff, how, you know, what the future would hold in a market, but it's kind of different. She was kind of like evading the question with the uh, the future of cloud because because it, it's such an infancy of like, we don't even know what that market is for you to like, mm. to say like, this is going to be like some huge, um, like, I don't know, a uh, roadblock in like the whole licensing thing. And and Microsoft's literally bending over backward at anything, you know, Hey, we'll do whatever it is, like just write it down and okay, cool. We'll sign it. We'll, we'll put a third party, you know, someone independent to regulate it, or they've bi- basically been over backwards and it seems like they don't really have an argument when they're, Basically, just stating, like, hey, we're just gonna, we just don't want it to go through period. Like, they just want to block it, period. They don't care. No matter Mm. what, you know, (laughs) they're basically giving you like every option of like, hey, we'll set up an independent person or independent regulator that will regulate whatever you need. Or, hey, the licensing, which is great with what Microsoft's recently posted. uh, Whereas, you know, you're having all this licensing. Sh- hey, you don't have to pay for it. So Sony's PlayStation Plus, whatever, if they want to put it on there, Sony's not going to want to do that because, or want to offer that to their customers because they want to sell Call of Duty. <laughs> um, but if they wanted to, they could put it on there and not have to worry about all the licensing that they're going to have to pay out the ass to, you know, what, what would have been possibly, you know, to Microsoft. Microsoft was probably looking at that to begin with. As, hey, if we can get this through, then shit, we're going to make a, a ton of money. But uh, I did find it funny that how they kept saying how, you know, there's this big, holier-than-thou, like, independent, you know, this is how we regulate. This is why we're such a, you know, great, you know, uh, reg- you know regulatory body because, you know, this is how things work here and this is how we're going to protect our customers or Um, our, you know, uh, citizens, whatever. But then when the EU puts their decision, they just try to, like, shit all over it (laughs) and be like, no, this is wrong. I'm like, but you don't regulate them. You remember Brexit? Yeah, you guys are completely separate. I don't know about the CMA before, you know, when they were somewhat in union, if that was a thing. But (laughs) I'm just saying, like, right now, you don't regulate them, so why even... Why are you telling them it's wrong? Maybe they said it was. How is it? How are you gonna tell them that it's wrong? Plus, you don't have any say. So, what's the point of? You're just. So that's where it kind of gets me at. Uh, hits me at a wrong core of like, you just don't want it to go through. You don't. It's not about. It seems like you have like an agenda of like, hey, we think it's wrong, and then no one should be able to pass it in the entire, you know, Europe, the world. <laughs> it just. So now it just seems like there's something else here it's like you're just wanting to get want to take, wanting to take down a corporation like, just for the shits and giggles like you know or just to see like hey we're we're fighting back against corpor- like I don't understand what their whole hmm. get is because every everything Microsoft's laid out seems like hey it which is cool they're putting pressure on Microsoft and Microsoft keeps like, hey, cool, we're doing all these other cool things, doing all these deals where, hey, this this wouldn't have been happening to begin with if we didn't do it, if we didn't join uh, with Activision Blizzard. They wouldn't be offering these free licensings for cloud. Like, that wouldn't be happening. So, this is a win for gamers, but you're kind of stopping that from happening. So, at what point are you actually protecting the customer, you know, your citizens, or you're just. They keep saying you're going to hinder, uh, like you know, uh, innovation or creati- creativity. It seems like you're stopping. You're the ones that are hindering it. <laughs> like, if, if you're you know worried about this whole cloud market and Microsoft having control, like, well, it's not even going to be. It's going to stay a small market, and it's not going to grow. Just like you were saying, hey, you were worried about it not flourishing. <laughs> well, it's not going to flourish if this doesn't go through. It's going to Microsoft's, the you know big piece of it because everybody else big tech companies like Google that have tried haven't done anything. Amazon, another giant company, hasn't done anything. Microsoft's really the only one there, so it's just going to stay being them, and you're not going to see this fluidity of IP and free licensing deals of all these, you know, giant IP that are under the Blizzard, King, Activision umbrella plus bethesda all these others that you could be seeing that's that's going to help that ip going license free all throughout different cloud uh subscriptions like all through the world that's going to help that's going to be a big push to make that industry or that market or whatever that distribution uh idea flourish you're the one stopping it so i don't understand (laughs) but we'll see what the appeals process goes through and See what they can do. Obviously it seems like it's a slim chance from what everybody else has been saying. I think uh one guy, uh, uh what was it uh, Gaz podcast that uh I guess he has a lot of expertise on like <laughs> these hearings or these things going through or not. So but I I wonder what they'll do. Uh as far as like what they were asking Satya and Nadella, like, hey, what what are your plans if this doesn't go through? But I mean, I don't, I don't know if they do anything crazy like drastic, but maybe they could possibly. Um, Crusader might, you might not, you might know more here as far as if they could just like, hey, put everything to go through, just not like the cloud part, or maybe just not, hey, Activision just is gonna be its own thing in the UK. just selling like it normally did, so and we'll just have the cloud.
3: I can only speak the rest to the world. how <laughs> banks do things, right? And typically when a bank wants to merge or when one financial institution wants to merge with another financial institution and a Mm -hmm. particular country says no, but like everywhere else is a yes, what they do is they spin off a section of it that is a completely independent entity and operates completely independent of them, uh, usually named like, let's say Wells Fargo, it's a United States bank, um, you would have like a wells fargo uk versus a wells fargo and uh what would happen is is that that one in the uk operates all of the uk content acts completely independently all the revenue is essentially uh brought in independently and they're basically two different companies right um yeah and That is a potential for what could happen here, at least in the short term, that Microsoft could spin off a Activision Blizzard King United Kingdom and it would act as a publishing unit specifically for the games in the United Kingdom. And it would independently make all like bring in the money and sign publishing agreements and determine what does what, how and where in the UK, because then at least as far as the UK market's concerned, literally nothing has changed um that is a technically a possibility as to what could happen It's a very complicated one and most companies don't like doing this if they don't have to um it's why they have said that they have currently have no intentions of doing so because they really don't have an intention of doing so unless they have to um that would be the easiest way to do it though because then functionally nothing has changed in the united kingdom and the company operates completely that this is basically a separate independent company that operates. I believe that is how, uh, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe that is how HBO functions in uh, the United Kingdom. I'm not 100% on that though. Um, that might be a, a little bit of a different case. Um, and theoretically, that's an option. Um, whether they get pushback from. Political figures, or they get pushback from the regulators in there, and they find them anyways. That's anyone's guess. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not that well versed in it. But that would be an that that theoretically, based on how other businesses operate, would theoretically be a potential. And if someone wants to absolutely correct me on that, um, uh, be be my guest. Um, uh, that is. That is a technical potential. Again, I don't think Microsoft would ever want to go that route, and they they, they wouldn't really... I, I don't think that they would ever move in that direction as an actual option. Um, I think they would just eat the fine before they'd do that. Uh, but... In, in theory, they could. In practice, uh, I have no idea how, how feasible it would be.
1: Okay, so yeah, to the, with the
4: FTC, I don't think they'll have anything to stand on either. No, the, F- the the FTC have will have to get actually go to...
3: In, in court. Uh, the, the, yeah. The, the FTC Since they don't have
4: like job. an independent body in a sense. Yeah. The, the independent. Like, they have to go before a judge. So.
3: Yeah. The the independent judge um. Uh. Would likely uh. the, the, the judge inside the administrative court it's one thing microsoft will force it out of an administrative court and into a federal court they will find a way to do so whether it is via the supreme court is seeing a case to determine whether or not companies have that right i expect knowing that it is a conservative court for the conservative court to rule that companies will have the right to take uh their cases out of an administrative court and into a federal court system i i i I could almost guarantee that that is how that case will go. Cause even some of the liberal judges have signaled that that is probably the correct direction for, for things to go. Um, cause constitutionally you can't really define an administrative court as a, um, uh, I can't think of a term that we have in the United States. Um, a, a, a guaranteed like fair trial. Uh, now, there are cases where you might want the administrative court over the federal court um, because, it, you know, once you're in front of a federal judge, you you might be screwed. And so you might want it in front of the administrative court because you might be able to settle things easier. Um, but Microsoft, in this case, definitely wants it in front of a federal judge. So the, 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 the FTC has really no shot in the united states at defending this the 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 case that they've laid out because they've laid out the, the, the united states antitrust law does not like um uh small segmented markets it they like very large and openly defined markets right the gaming market is the market we're talking about here Right. But a lot of the times in order to either defend your merger or to defeat a merger, sides will attempt to define themselves as a small portion of a market. Right. And that's where we've seen these things like high performance console market or low performance console market or cloud market come into play. And I don't see a U.S. federal judge buying that those as as separate markets. Just knowing how how they look at look at those things.
0: So, uh, theory, did you uh, were you trying to say something a, few, a minute ago?
1: Yeah. Uh, to add to what Shockley said about the CMA, the case that the CMA has built is just fundamentally flawed. They just did their math wrong, their reasons. The whole case is wrong. And any, everybody who, anybody outside the CMA who has actually taken a look by the FTC, can see the massive holes in the CMA's case. But still, the CMA is still standing on that ground. They are going to die on that hill. Even upon the EU's explanation and destroying their whole arguments. So I don't think the CMA is using common sense here. They are going to die on that hill that they've made for themselves. They just don't want to see it any other way. Because before the CMA made their final decision, everybody who scrutinized this knew that it didn't make sense. The reason, which is the cloud, is even the least of their concerns. The CMA just doesn't want to listen to any common sense. They just don't want it to pass. That I think that that's it. Irregardless of what people say, even in the end, if the FCC does pass it, I think the CMA will still say no. There is an agenda there. Because the only thing that motivates an individual or an entity to passionately still stick with a wrong decision, it has to be something that is not logical. Because any logical being would actually look at uh, the fact and say, you know, yeah, I made a mistake. But they're still not saying that, even though the facts are there for them to uh, look at and say, oh, you know, yeah, we made a mistake. Thank you, EU, <laughs> Oh, thank you, guys. We, we, we see it now. No, it's still there, but they're still ignoring it. So their reason for wanting it gone is not logical. It's not because they want to protect some people in the UK. They just don't want this to pass. That That's how it seems because I just can't understand why upon all the evidence and all the facts and some of the market leaders like EA, some of the people from TikTok, some of the people from the EU, the Chinese, so many people who have actually passed it have all given solid explanations in their, uh, in their final reviews or their final statements. But the CMA is like, no, I can't see that. So these people are not logical. If they were, they would have passed it already. So there's something there that, that needs to be checked. There's something definitely there because their decisions and their actions are logical, including the tweet that they put out after the EU. They have something they want to prove and they will not stop in the face of actual evidence and facts. The UK government needs to take a look at the CME and see the team members, the people on the panel. And what they we re- what they really want, because there's so much evidence to show that this what their decision is just doesn't make sense.
0: to kinda like I guess at least add what I want to add real quick. Um, when it comes to the CMA, like, how do I say this? So the FTC, if by some chance they do fold or their stuff gets thrown out or the FTC doesn't isn't able to hold up. And yeah, will the CMA die on that sword? That is definitely something to really, really kind of like open dialogue on because this is where, and I say this respectfully, I made this joke that the CMA at this point is like a small barking dog. You, You, we all know that, that we all know like people who own small dogs, that dog will be loud and act tougher than the biggest dog in the room. And I really do feel like this is the case of the CMA. They they are out to prove to the world that they are that they want to take this newfound independence that they have, uh, being able to be as basically the number three regulator in the world outside of the the EU and the FTC, and they really want to prove something to the world that they can really have a big say in antitrust regulation. And it's like they almost get off on being uh, the most strictest, biggest pains in the ass in the antitrust industry. But that's where the, or the antitrust regulation group of the world. But that's where it just really seems like the, in my opinion, the CMA is not prepared for what they're wishing for. I just think, like I said in my video if they are demanding that they need to be listened to and that they should have this independence and that they and that they've got this covered, then they need to put on the, the big britches that they're demanding that they want and wear them and buck up because we all heard them when they're like, well, we just don't believe in behavioral remedies because they're hard to enforce. I don't care what's hard to enforce, man. You don't get to freaking do your job like a lackadaisical, la- lackadaisical, lazy person. Behavioral remedies are there for a damn reason. They are part of antitrust regulation. They are a fundamental part of antitrust regulation. And if you can't handle that part of antitrust regulation, then you don't have any business in antitrust regulation because you don't just get to rewrite things based on your own damn opinion. Which is where I honestly do feel that going forward in some way, somehow, some shape or form in this world, that if literally 80 freaking regulatory groups come out and say that the deal is fine and then you have two people over here wanting to die on some hill, well guess what? In the world of democracy, you get outvoted and you can go freaking sit down on the bench and get the F over it because honestly, I don't really see how it's completely proper for one regulatory group to be able to muck up an entire antitrust, I mean, an entire merger deal because of your personal feelings about the situation. If you get outvoted by the world, Hey, guess what, man? That's how democracy works. And that's how voting works. You, yeah, guess what? You, you lost, get over it and just let things happen. And, you know, I don't really know what to tell them, but I mean, I just don't agree with how the CMA I've, I've even said it that the CMA almost comes off as a little bit of a dictatorship because they are a group of people that have a lot of swathing power in the world. And there's literally zero to zero to no accountability for some of the decisions they make. So that's just my opinion on it. Anybody else want to add more to this whole situation? Well, Okay. So let's get on to something a little bit more fun because I'm pretty sure everybody's like falling asleep talking about the ABK deal because I know it's like we all make jokes. We're all tired of talking about it, but it's also the topic that is so damn giving. Uh, Let's talk about something more fun, and that is Xbox. You know, We're getting ready for a great showcase that's going to pop up, and obviously in swoops in, the PlayStation showcase that was announced. So let's really talk about The PlayStation showcase it's supposed to take place actually as a matter of fact, middle of this week, I believe Wednesday, uh, about I think it's like 4 PM Eastern my time, which really sucks because it's going to be one o'clock in the afternoon for me. So I got to come home and, and watch it after, after I get home from work. So I got to literally avoid social media after one (laughs) o'clock. Um, (laughs) but let's, uh, let's start with, uh, Mr. Theory here. Uh, what are your hopes, and aspirations, and wishes for what potentially might be shown at the PlayStation Showcase? Are you excited, or is this just like a, a no big deal to you?
1: Uh, well, when it comes to Sony, Sony is, is an entity that I respect, right? They, they, they represent a part of gaming. They are resilient. They've won a lot of battles. They are battle-hardened. So whenever I see them, making certain claims exactly when in the early days of the ABK deal, I respect them and a lot of games that I make are solid. Amazing to be to be more honest. And the only game that I really play on I want to play on PlayStation is God of War. And that game has been out already. It's been great. And I'm not really looking forward to anything from Sony. But I know people who are so into Spider Man. They will buy a PS5 just because of Spider Man, play it, and put the PS5 in the corner and never touch it. So they are looking forward to Spider Man, and I'm also looking forward to that. It's kind of something that it's kind of secondhand hand expectations that I've gotten from this guy, and I hope the Spider Man is as good as the first one. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Spider Man is an interesting character that I'm also a fan of. I don't, I don't really like play Spider Man games, but. Every time something good comes from it, I just love to see it. And this time around, there's Miles, one of my favorite Spider-Man, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, their, their story is something I like to see you more. So I think the next one, the upcoming one, will have these guys go through more. So I can see more of them. And also see what Sony can do when it comes to the games. Because that is something that they're extremely good at. So I hope Xbox didn't miss some things like that. But... Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Spider Man from the Sony showcase. And that, 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 that's what I'm looking forward to. The rest, I, I don't really fancy them.
0: No, definitely. I, I, I've got my eyes peeled on what Spider Man is going to definitely give to uh, the gaming community. I mean, dude, Insomniac has definitely carved themselves out as one of the most pedigreed uh, quality providing studios in the gaming industry. Um, hmm. and yeah, it just, it, in my opinion, it just really sucks that, uh, Xbox, Microsoft weren't able to carve out a better relationship with that developer before Sony purchased them. So, yeah. Uh, how about yeah. you, Mr. Crow? How do you feel about the whole, the whole deal? I mean, excuse me, the whole PlayStation showcase that's getting ready to come out. Are you excited about it? Are you not excited? Is there anything you're looking forward to? I'm excited about
2: it. I'm hoping that this showcase will be all about next-gen games. Technically, we are next-gen right now, but I feel like the developers haven't been able to utilize the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X the way they should have been doing it. If you want to blame it on COVID, whatever, but now is the time where you got to show us why these were supposed to be powerful consoles? I'm excited to see Spider-Man because that game is being built for the PlayStation 5. I'm also hoping that they show Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal was one of my favorite franchises on the PlayStation.
1: <clears throat> is
0: that all you're you're looking forward to? Twisted Metal? Uh, Tw- twisted metal and uh, Spider
2: Man. Oh, also Wolverine. I'm a big Marvel fan, so I'd like to see more of the Wolverine. <laughs>
0: we're we're making jokes on gaming beyond the box that uh, for this trailer for Wolverine, instead of seeing his hand, you get to see the side of the back of his head, and then that's going to be the end of the trailer. <laughs> 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 oh man, but all right, Mister Eric Shockley, uh are you excited for the whole showcase that's going to come up this week? Or is there anything you're looking forward to anything you'd like to see come out of PlayStation?
4: Yeah, I'm definitely hopeful. Um, Yeah. Seeing more, probably if we get a good glimpse of like Venom or if we'll try to save that for the release, uh, but kind of see that in action. Um, It'd be also dope. I'm hopeful. I don't, obviously this would probably be way too early, but, they definitely got to make it. So there's like some DLC to play as Venom. (laughs) That would be sick. I just remember doing that with the, like the ultimate Spider-Man days back on the, uh, like GameCube PS2 era. Um, but that would be dope. But yeah, definitely seeing some Wolverine in action to see what, because obviously the, like the last time we saw a Wolverine game was, yeah, that pretty much like that. Well, no, we had one, uh, that one with the hue, uh, (laughs) that horrible, uh, wolverine movie <laughs> um the one on the 360 but the game was actually is pretty good i've definitely recently played that actually on the ps3 and 360 that version actually was pretty cool um but yeah definitely see what insomniac you know their take on it so that'd be really sick um if to actually see some gameplay and what they have in store uh, or you know what their ideas are um trying to think of anything i definitely am hopeful of the rumors with the metal gear solid hopefully that will drop here soon i guess jez was saying that it's he doesn't think it's going to be like a pure exclusive it just might be like a timed which would make sense since you know konami has done you know ever since like uh metal gear solid 2 substance bringing it over to the 360 obviously you had metal gear solid 4 which wasn't On it, and actually, technically, three wasn't until they did the uh, HD classics. But it'd be it'd be kind of a waste unless they really, unless they got somebody to really pay up a ton of money for that IP, because that'd just be an easy. Like it's not like you're creating a new uh, game; you're literally just like, hey, can we find a studio that can just properly, (laughs) quality-wise, remake or remaster. You know, a game, that's all you got to do. Just copy and paste and just make it look good. And, you know, people, obviously, we've seen Dead Space. We've seen um, Resident Evil 4 Remake. So, I'm like, just just make it the same, but look, make it look good. And, like, that's guaranteed money. So, um, but hopefully that's not a full-on exclusive, maybe just timed. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely hopeful we'll see... Some of that, and what that looks like, if we, if we even see that, or if it's like too early, if it's just like a announcement. Um, but I would definitely say that, and then uh, Castlevania, because we haven't seen any Castlevania games for ages, probably since also like the PS2 era um, was like the last ones I can think of where you actually had like a 3D take on it, um, like in a 3D space. So um, whether or not that one's you know, full on exclusive, I don't care, that that would be uh, definitely sick, so I would say probably those two Konami uh, games, and then either Wolverine, and um, you know, maybe if they get a glimpse of, hopefully at least get a glimpse of Venom, like, whether or not he's, like, being the antagonist, of like, just him in the uh, world, <laughs> but it would be sick if they hint at also some uh, Venom DLC, that would be dope but might be a little too early
1: on
4: that
0: one. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yeah. Crusader, my good friend. Um, I'm pretty sure there is something you're looking forward to. Cause I, I know like you, you're into all sorts of gaming.
3: Yeah, what are you looking so- forward to? Good, sir. So everyone who knows me knows that, like, this is my favorite time. This is, like, my, my Christmas for, when it comes to video games. I love watching almost every showcase in June, like, in the June series. And, like, I mean, we got we got two big ones this week for for me. You know, the PlayStation one's going to be big. I'm excited for it. Very excited for it. I mean, I have a PlayStation 5. I have a Series X. I got a Switch. I got my two gaming PCs. Um, one's a laptop. Uh, and so, like anything that's out there i I like watching them all because you know i i want to see what's what and so i mean my biggest wish for the show and I, i it's setting myself up for guaranteed disappointment but my biggest wish is for native ps3 play i think anyone that knows me knows i desperately 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 want native ps3 play short of that i desperately 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 want the ratchet and clanks for the ps3 to be remastered in the collection um Setting myself up for disappointment there, but like I'm not going to be truly disappointed. But you know, it will it will take the show any show from being perfect to being not perfect that PlayStation puts out. Um, I'm not a big fan of the um, Insomniac uh, hero games. I mean, they're fun. I I love playing Spider-Man, but like to me, it always feels it feels bad that like historically one of my absolute favorite developers is now just kind of a Marvel game. Like a an outsourced studio from Disney making Marvel content. Um, I love Ratchet and Clanks so so much. Um, I get that the the uh, the Spider Man's and Wolverine will probably have far more mass appeal as video games, but still, like it it does it does hurt. Um, I'm interested to see if uh, the Star Wars: The Old Republic game is mentioned in the slightest. Um, it's a game that I wish I was excited about, but like can't be after all of the development how it has seemingly been in um, and whatnot. Uh, I love RPGs. I love Star Wars. I really, really wish that that game was not in the situation it was in. I'm interested to see if Sony's even still actually connected to it after the, it was essentially canned at Aspire and moved to Saber Interactive. Um... Other than that, I'm really, really hoping that there's something big sci-fi oriented because there's a. It, not that I dislike fantasy stuff. I love like Lord of the Rings. I love fantasy stuff, but like I've felt the, a sheer lack of sci- like science fiction in in gaming in recent years. Starfield is a, a lucky like I'm really happy that it's coming, but like it's like one thing in a pool of swinging swords and casting spells. I really, really hope that, you know, maybe Sony surprises me with something sci-fi related. There was a rumor that Sony Santa Monica's next game under Corey Balrog was going to be uh, a sci-fi title. So that would be really, really hype if like a sci-fi, t- if, if they announced something sci-fi oriented. Um, other than that, I don't really know what to expect. Um, I, I'd like to mention the, uh, the other showcase this week that I'm very excited for being the uh, Warhammer one, Warhammer Skulls. The Warhammer video game showcase because we should. It's listed as a title that's going to be there. Space Marine Two, baby! Um, I can't wait to see Space Marine Two. Anyone else here hyped for Space Marine?
0: I'm hyped for Space Marine. Yeah, I, I gotta still definitely. fire up my 360 and play it. To be yeah, honest.
3: I, I'm gonna as soon as the, as soon as I actually see trailer for the confirming that like a date or something for the second one I will be booting up my 360 and also playing my copy of uh, of, of space Marine one um, I really am sad that that hasn't been ported to uh, like it was it was updated on PC but it was never like ported to the Xbox one or ps4 which is really disappointing um, also have you guys seen bolt gun because that's coming out next week no, it's, the, I it's the warhammer but it's like more like a it looks like a classic doom game but it's, it's, you play as a Warhammer Space Marine.
0: I think I've heard of it.
3: It comes out in a, on the 23rd. Um, mm. It's supposed to be shown at the showcase as well. Like, uh, a, a little bit. I think they're going to do like a highlight reel of it. But it looks sick. So, like, next week is really exciting for me. Because it kicks off that whole... Just the, the... Basically the summer of video game announcements. So, you know, it, it's usually real thick in June... And then there's a little bit in, in July, and then we got, a, we got, like, PAX West and stuff in, in August. Um, so, like, I'm super, super duper stoked for uh, the showcase season to begin. Um, unfortunately, PlayStation and Xbox aren't going to hold a candle to the best showcase of the summer, which is going to be. Uh, as it always is, Devolver Digitals. And that's not because of the games that are shown, but it is because there's always the freaking funniest thing to watch. Last year, they made fun of NFTs for 30 minutes straight. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, really excited for showcase season to start.
0: So, if I could kind of just give um, a little bit of, like, my whole thing on like so i am looking forward to the showcase yes i love the all the breadth of gaming but at the same time i i also have my personal opinion that i just feel like at least i feel like playstation has just been a little bit too hyped for me over the years and they with the amount of hype that playstation gets in my opinion their games have never been I don't know why they've never – it's very few that I literally feel like that it's the best damn thing since sliced bread. Like when I played God of War 2019, great game, yes. Was I ready to name my kid Atreus? No. So um, that's where at least if I could just put it out there. So I am looking forward to obviously Spider-Man, the Wolverine game. There is a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Um, but the one thing that also just the lo- underlying issue that I feel like a lot of people are going to ignore, and this is an issue that eventually bit Microsoft Xbox in the ass. I think we're going to see a large, heavy emphasis on any uh, on any first party studio created games being tent pole franchises, Uncharted, God of War, Marvel games, basically things that are meant to sell. Twenty million units as and that's going to be the breadth of what you get out of the first party studio single-player games that they're going to create and i do feel that yes there is going to be some games as a service stuff coming out we all know that herman holst came out and said that they were working on around 10 games as a service games and that there's going to be a large hyperbolic focus in sony on games as a service because a they really had their cage rattled when they found out that call of duty could be bought out from them And also they know that their competitor xbox is literally the home of the premium at the end of the day a premium first party studio multiplayer experience And I say first party studio because that like, that's the whole point is that is like playstation needs to create a multiplayer experience that hits with the fans from a first-party studio, and so there is going to be a huge emphasis on that. I just feel that during this showcase, I'm hoping I'm wrong, we're going to see a lot of the single-player experiences that are going to be either A, exclusive, B, timed exclusive. Either way, we know it's going to be, you know, Sony is, uh, PlayStation is king. Look at what they've done. I just feel a lot of those, a lot of that, that content, is going to be provided by third-party companies, and that uh, it sounds great and everything now, but we all saw what happened with Forspoken, a t- an exclusive title that was provided by a company, a third-party company, and it didn't hit with ha- with fans. Like, look at what happened with Xbox with Scalebound. There is a fundamental danger. To relying too heavily on a third par- on a third-party direction of allowing third-party companies to deliver experiences that, like, I mean, look at Pixel Opus. I actually got kind of was like, really, they closed that studio? That's kind of messed up because that, like, that was some of the unique stuff that really gave, uh, like, I mean, everybody loves their Tentpole franchises, but Tentpole franchises can get really Manila after a while. Um, I mean, like look at, look at look at the narrative that follows Xbox. Oh, it's Xbox, Gears Forza Halo, Gears Forza Halo. You're literally gonna basically be like, oh, PlayStation, Marvel, Horizon, God of War, you're gonna know those ten franchises. and there's gonna be little flavor or substance uh, outside of those franchises because we all see at least Xbox wants to nurture. Um, allowing companies to develop the games that they're passionate for and the style of, and even branching out into a completely different style of game uh, Phil Spencer highlighted that in his interview over mm. on kind of funny kind of funny games on how he was never going to shoehorn a developer into creating a game they're not passionate about or ever locking them down saying no this is what you're good at and this is what you're going to do for the rest of your existence um, and we just definitely, I just say that I really feel that there's going to be a major focus from Sony on, uh, stuff that just hits in the, in the film and entertainment industry. And I really feel that there's going to be like, like invader said, you know, Insomniac games has been shoehorned into being a, a support studio for Disney to create Marvel video games. And did you just are we ever going to get another ratchet and clank?
3: Did, did you just call me invader? Sorry, have I been promoted?
0: Yep, you're <laughs> yep, you're the new Invader. Congratulations!
3: <laughs>
0: you just picked that's, up a whole new life you didn't even know about. That's a lot. Of,
3: that's a that's a lot of responsibility, man.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Inva- I miss Invader so much. I just keep saying his name. No, um, so Crusader highlighted that like we don't even know what the future of Ratchet and Clank holds. Like, it, uh, is in, is Insomniac ever gonna be able to deliver? Like, I mean, like, look at they let ratchet and clank helped launch the ps5 but now can you say without a shadow of a doubt that insomniac games is going to be allowed to make another ratchet and clank title and stretch themselves too thin and not be able to craft these marvel experiences that really give playstation weight in the gaming uh, industry um and then the other thing is that i really thought about is a lot of people aren't really thinking there is going to be a portion of this show dedicated to vr there is people hoping that the like the VR is going to see a price drop. I do see them doing a price drop. But I don't think it's for the right reasons. I think PlayStation is going to be trying to unload these VR units. Because I'm going to say right now. 2023. Mark my words on it. I hope I'm wrong. Is the last hurrah for the PlayStation VR. If they can't get people to like with this showcase and the games they are going to show for the rest of 2023, if they can't get people lining up around holiday season to start buying these VR units, I see so I see this being the next PS Vita. Sorry, not trying to be that guy, but I mean, like, honestly, we saw PlayStation drop the Vita, which was actually a successful handheld. Like, like, I mean, dropped it like a bad habit and I'm going to be honest I see more photos on social media of Steam decks and other handheld mobile devices to bring gaming on the go. And and PlayStation VR is a complete opposite 180 direction from mobile gaming. And I just honestly feel that, like, I I really do feel that PlayStation should have kept the Vita going because they would have probably the number one handheld on the market today if they just would have stuck with it. But I mean, like, we've seen a lot of companies pull out of VR with like Meta really scaling things back. I even think Meta has reconsidered their. I think Meta is actually falling out of love with VR. And I think from some of the articles I've read, they're wanting to start going down the routes of AI, like AI image generation and voice generation and uh, chat GPT and stuff like that. I, I like there has been a fundamental focus, I mean, change. In the tech industry, away from VR. Now all of a sudden AI is the is the next best thing since sliced bread in the tech industry. And Meta has shown more interest in AI. And that's where I just really feel like at this point Sony is going to be the last stronghold of VR. And I just don't really think they have the financial the financial stability to really keep that thing going. At least that's how I feel. I don't know. Am I wrong, Crusader? <sighs>
3: I don't Crusaders know. That like, it's I Pat don't want to touch that. For, for VR as a whole from Meta, but they're definitely going to be taking that division and um, diversifying it a little bit past VR. That's for sure. That, um, and, that,
0: and that's what I mean. The company that literally named themselves after a VR direction has yeah. even been like, oh, we may have messed up.
3: Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing with the PlayStation VR, and anyone who knows me knows I don't really like VR. Uh, my roommate loves it. Absolutely loves VR. He has a Valve Index. Um, and so he's like, give me everything VR. And, like, that's cool. And so, like, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade who does, like, because there are there are people that, that oh no there is there like is it. a
0: large there um, is a community out there for vr but i just really feel yeah, that I, it's not appealing to the mass consumer base of I, like what's get deemed as casual gamers
3: i don't like it at all and i wish they would hold it to its own events and not put it in this i get that they are i, I don't think that just like motion controls i don't think that vr actually shows well in in um like generalized showcase. When they showed
0: that Horizon game at the showcase with the VR Horizon game, I, I couldn't handle it's... the fact that literally it was two floating hands.
3: Yeah, I don't think that the, those games actually demonstrate very well in the same way that traditional games do. And the same thing was true with the Wii. the 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 best commercials for the Wii were like the the really fun ones where the two guys were like showing up at your house and like random nonsense was happening in the in the in the in the commercials i don't think that the say that the the traditional uh, two-minute trailer with like music playing and gameplay going actually works for vr titles um and like i'm not like that's one thing i'm generally just not excited to see at at the at the showcase um I, I do think it is very telling that in the first investors call that covered the launch of the PSVR2 it was not mentioned a single time in the report I read the whole thing just to make sure my control find actually wasn't you actually out.
0: control find it
3: yeah. <laughs> Because I I had well, someone had said it wasn't in there, and I didn't want to report that. Oh, Sony skipped it. No, it legit just straight up wasn't in the thirty-page document. Um, and that was actually like shocking to me that they did not report on that thing at all in the in the report, like in the report that covered its launch window. Um, it was even more shocking that this week we had an interview with Famitsu. I think is how you say it. Uh, with between Famitsu and Jim Ryan, and they asked Jim Ryan if the uh, PSVR two was a success, and he's like, "Well, I think it's a little too early. It's only been a few months to call it a success." Meanwhile, anytime anything else at the uh, the in the company, you know, if if they if they deem it a success within like a day because it sold like a you know a, a boatload of copies, it's instantly told like the PlayStation. They like within like a month and a half, they're like, "Yep, PlayStation's profitable. You know, we're selling it at a profit. Complete success." Um,
0: they're putting a sign out in the front yard at yeah, Sony, like, so, "Yeah, like, we
3: did it." So like. <laughs> It it in a normal company saying that something's unknown if it's a success is like it's normal because like most companies don't immediately report on the whether or not everything's a success but it's a standard at, at playstation to to say whether something was to either say something was a success or to just not talk about it uh that's just how how they how they they are and it was shocking to hear Jim Ryan just go, Yeah, it's too early to say whether it's a success or not, when like at this point anything else would be declared massive, right? So uh, I'm I'm thinking it's not looking too good for the uh for the for the PSVR two at this time. And I think that it's not even just the thing's own fault in itself. Um I do think that the the economic situation the world finds itself in, it's different country to country, but generally speaking, we are in a bit of a economic decline in a lot of places. And I think that that impacts it just as much as um, the fact that the market is just tiny. Although the market for VR is like 20 times the size of the market of clouds. So take with that what you will. Um, it, and it's just, you know, I, I never... It, it was wild to me the decisions that they made with this vr like not having backwards compatibility so it didn't have a catalog to start with i have considered you know i'm not a vr person but the, the both the price being as high as it was for something that i you know that's basically an add-on for my playstation 5 and the fact that it doesn't come with like a a pre-built library that I could pick up a bunch of cool titles for cheap and then get one or two new ones. The fact that, like, it is only the one or two new ones, and, like, if I wanted anything more, that they're all going to cost me a a pretty penny for the most part because they're they're almost all new titles. A couple of them are games that got uh, free updates. But it's just, like, there's nothing there for me because, like... you know I, I bought a ps5 and an Xbox series X immediately because like they came with a library of 5,000 5000 games to start with you know what I mean they are at their core upgraded PS uh, a ps4 pro and an Xbox 1x like they they do there's are the the fact that the PS VR 2 is not an upgraded PS VR1 is I think something that is severely to its detriment um, and I, I think you're not you're not wrong. And that was a problem the Vita had. The Vita not being an upgraded PSP was a problem for the Vita. Um, the fact that... Because the PSP was very successful. Exceptionally successful. And then the, the Vita didn't carry on that success. It, it left it go. Nintendo has always kind of carried on the success of the last thing. The first time that they've done it in a long time that they haven't is the Switch. The switch was a dangerous move for them. The only reason they did it was because of the failure of the uh, the complete and utter failure of the the Wii U. Um, but like you look at the the 3ds. Well, the 3ds was an upgraded DS at its core and it played all DS games. And when the DS first came out, well, the DS was an upgraded Game Boy Advance because it played all the Game Boy Advance games. You know, a- and See, they, they that's where Nintendo took PS4. something
0: they were really good. That's where Nintendo took something they were really good at. They weren't good at making a home console that completely, like, redirected the fan base yeah. into being like ravenous about the brand. But they noticed that there was a huge ravenous fan base for mobile gaming. Yep. Like,
3: they made they 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 have made the standard of handheld console the standard exactly. since exactly. the Game Boy launched. PlayStation that- did pretty good with the PSP. You well, know, they cut into they, that market pretty freaking good. But they and it was kind of like when they had launched the
0: original PlayStation. The original PlayStation, it was always like Sega or and, Nintendo. Nintendo,
3: yep.
0: And, and then all of a sudden PlayStation comes in and everybody's like, oh, my God, something new. Yep. The PSP came out. Oh, my God, something new. The PS Vita, again, well, there's shown, like, for whatever reason, Sony has this just blind hatred to backwards compatibility just behooves me and is unfathomable. But for whatever reason, you're right, yeah. That's what really killed the Vita was the yeah. fact that once again they were just like, Oh, we don't want backwards compatibility.
3: Why? Well, now now they all kind of have to have it because if you if you abandon people's digital libraries in the digital era, people are gonna oh be God. pissed, yes. Um, because I'll be straight up if either Xbox or PlayStation decides to take a numbskull route and the next systems don't have a backwards compatibility with something, I'm gonna be pissed i'm gonna be livid i don't think xbox is gonna take that route because they're dependent on having like literally every last piece of software being potentially available for game pass players that 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 is a fact um i don't think playstation or xbox is ever gonna do that playstation you know they could drop the ps4 when they move to the ps6 and that would frustrate the living shit out of me um but like, you know, like I'm just I'm not excited. You're not wrong. I am not excited to see PSVR titles at the at the PlayStation showcase.
0: Oh, yeah, and cuz like as much as people excited. don't want to admit it, they are they have a lot of money in those PSVR units. Yep. And I'm sorry the the retail side of me, the person like this is part of my job is when I know a product is sitting on the shelf my first job is to go in there and literally I just say sell it at cost get our money out of it
3: yep I, well, I'm that's... not even
0: here at this point to make a profit just get my damn money out of it and we'll move
3: on that's the weird thing about the video game consoles Nintendo's always sold their software their their hardware at a profit like that has been a constant of Nintendo um, PlayStation only started doing that halfway through the PlayStation 4 generation Microsoft only ever does it. With late skews of the the hardware, like in the last couple of years of the generation, those consoles are sold at a profit. But they're, they 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 getting themselves ready just to sell the next set of hardware at a, like a quite quite significant loss. I think it's like a twenty percent loss for Microsoft, um, because I mean Microsoft's just like we'll make it all back ten times over on the software, right? That that's the goal. Whereas PlayStation, I, I was. the the ps5 was playstation's fastest console to ever become profitable in hardware alone and they did that in like the first six months which is it it is wild to think that they are really trying to push that hard into being profitable on the the hardware itself rather than using the hardware as a venue to be profitable on the software um i really think that they they may have goofed up real bad and uh, tried to do that with the uh, psvr headset they also, yeah, it's they it's, it's also a real incredible technology PS5. inside that VR headset. Um, it, like real incredible technology inside the PSVR two headset. Um, but I, I I do think that they they have overpriced themselves for something that does need that is targeting because it is only for the console mm-hmm. audience. It is therefore targeting people who actually want consoles and not the PC audience. Your 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 price has the, to take that into account.
0: That's one of the things I really feel like they screwed up on, too, is why the hell is that thing not PC compatible?
3: I completely agree with that. I think it should absolutely be a Windows Mixed Reality headset in addition to having like prime compatibility, like supreme compatibility with the with the PS5. Um but I, I'm also a big like cross compatibility guy. I mean, and they they did it with their controllers, right? Like the the DualSense controller and the DualSense features have a full driver set for that you can get on PC, and some games even use the DualSense features on PC. It is shocking to me that when they when they're selling the the hardware itself at a profit, that they are not trying to maximize the audience they're selling that hardware to. Right? It's it's just all kinds of weird and baffling to me.
0: All right, is anybody else want to add on to the conversation anybody hyped about stuff for the PlayStation Showcase any add-ons?
1: Yeah, uh, to go a little bit off topic with the VR thing VR itself, right? It's been in existence for a very long time since the 90s. There's some form of VR that has existed and every once in a while companies kind of dive into that abyss hoping to get a gold but I think there's something fundamentally wrong with VR. The human side of it and the way it works, there's some friction there. You can't play a VR game for more than two hours. It, it, it just gets, You just feel sick. I think VR needs a catalyst. There's something missing that will actually make the marriage perfect. And I think Star companies Trek, like... <laughs> yeah. People like Meta have sunk billions into VR without realizing this mistake. And I think the developer should have told them that. As a developer myself, VR is just this thing that could revolutionize everything. But there's something missing. And I think well, companies shouldn't go into it so they get that thing right.
3: It's, um, it's the same problem that things like 3D TV had, in my opinion. No one wants to wear the stupid thing on their head um (laughs) uh, that it's as simple as that um i i do think that there is kind of a not not a mass appeal to having to in order to play the game put on uh that that headset because it takes you out of everything else because like when you had to wear the three i've had this conversation with some people at my work who are not who are gamers but they are very much more casual than i am um you know, they're like when he, he was like, 3D TVs were cool until you realized you had to put the glasses on. And it kind of took you out of like uh, having hmm. conversations with the people around you because you could no longer see them clearly. And it, it was it, it was weird. Uh, I think the same thing's true because games a lot of the time are a social thing. Even when you're playing single player, you might be in an Xbox Live party talking to someone, or you all might be sitting on the couch and passing the controllers around like in a college setting. But when you're when you're in VR, it's you can't really just pass the VR headset, right? Like, it takes time to get people set back up where I even pass a controller and it works.
0: My wife sits next to me while I play certain games.
3: Exactly, right? And, And so... When you have the headset on, it creates a barrier between you and the other people that are around you, which is fine if you are a person who lives by themselves and games by themselves. But you got kids, you got a wife, you you're in a college dorm. It, it creates a separation. And I, I, I do think that that is a fundamental problem that VR really has to get past. And I don't know how it does it, but. Um, because again, like I said, a lot of people don't want to wear a stupid thing on their head. I, you know, I, I think one of the solutions is that VR itself will never take off, but AR will. So like AR glasses. So like people who just wear glasses on the normal. You know, they got the like the AR stuff. It's just I, I don't see. I don't see a future where VR truly just explodes because. It, it's too expensive and it takes you out of out of it and not everyone wants to be out of it they just want to play games you know
0: Uh, well at least to just add on because I don't want to be like you know like oh my god I I do not hate PlayStation if you want my opinion I would like to see games like um, Resistance the Fall of Man Return uh, or Kill Zone. And let's ju- let's just at least hope here from that from the from that concept that I know PlayStation is wanting to go down the road of games as a service. Could we potentially see these titles brought back under that guise? What do you think? Anybody here want to like kind of touch on that? Do you think we could see some franchises that mm-hmm. we kind of miss and would like to see see return to? The playstation brand but do you think there's the potential that they would reappear as, as a game as a game as, as a service uh we all like one of the games that we could probably see as games as a service is the the last of us 2 multiplayer i think yeah. what is it called factions
3: yeah that's supposed to be shown this year um not 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 necessarily at this showcase but they said they would have information they, they you know they they formally announced like the game last year at uh jeff Keighley's event right and they said we'd hear more about the same time this year. So, like, I mean, it would make sense that it would show up here, right? Um,
0: I do have a see... crazy theory that there's a part of me that believes they're going to do a remake of Last of Us 2 and are going to pack factions in with it. So that way uh, they obviously can sell factions and the remake.
3: See, I, I personally think that you're not wrong about the – the uh, a. Like upgrade or remake of two, sorry, I do, yeah, think, sorry, that, an I, I do think that I do think that factions will be free to play, um, personally, uh, and I, I think it'll be similar in idea to like a war zone, right? Where it uses assets from a uh, quote current launch, and it'll use assets from a uh, Last of Us Part Two, but itself will be a distinct download and title. Uh, and the only reason I say that is it is very hard in the modern era to actually sell a multiplayer game at full price to an audience. It's really okay. hard to, to do anything but free to play. If they do a
0: free, if they go free to play with factions and they do what you say, you could potentially see a situation where you get early access for buying yes. The Last yep. of Us Two.
3: Early access, uh, you could also see a thing where, like, if you buy the title, you get a bunch of in-game stuff, things like that. Yes. Um, you know, skins, and you get to play as the characters from the game and stuff like I, that. I know
0: that there. Uh, so uh, me and my wife are just now watching The Last of Us HBO film. It has made me want to play the original game. I've never played it. I have it on PS4. I'm not going to rebuy it on PS5. But I've held off on buying the PS4 version of Last of Us 2. I have seen it go on sale for like 10 bucks, And I did not pull the trigger on it because I'm like, I know there's going to be a PS5 version of that game.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that is not a, not a half bad, solid guess. I mean, I, I think the Last of Us faction... I don't think it's going to be called Factions, by the way. Uh, I do think it's going to be called something else. I don't think a, a game called Last of Us 2 Factions... Or last those factions actually exists uh, i believe that when they said it got bigger than that it got bigger than that and they're gonna call it something else and maybe it'll have a mode it'll have factions as a mode and then it will resemble the original uh, multiplayer but i i don't think you see um i think it I, I do think it'll be called something else
0: all right uh mr crow theory anybody else want to add on to tonight's show on any of the subjects we've covered tonight
1: yeah about the uh, sony uh playstation uh, event, i think they could surprise us with a call of duty game that they're trying to build because they might be uh kind of expecting xbox to get this done because their arguments has been completed through another window so i'll be i won't be surprised if they announce something in the shape of a call of duty and action shoot a game like that i'll not be surprised if that something like this comes around because preparing for it. Imminent loss.
3: They could always bring SOCOM back. That's that's very, the, that's, that's, that's I hear a lot or of Mag. people
0: asking for SOCOM.
3: Yeah, SOCOM or MAG. Um that, that would be that would be um something. I would have thought we would have seen Deviations game, but evidently that game doesn't exist anymore. Um mm-hmm. uh Deviation Games was the, the former Treyarch and Respawn devs. That opened a studio and they were making an FPS in conjunction with Sony, but it looks like they laid off like forty percent of their staff the other day, and mm. the game was canceled. Um, so, you know, we're not—we're probably not seeing that. Um, but yeah, I, I would love—I'm a big fan of two genres in particular: Western RPGs like Skyrim. And FPS games, so you you know, I would love to see a Call of Duty competitor released by PlayStation. I'd fucking love it. Let's go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How about you, Mister Crow? Anything else you want to add on?
2: <clears throat> well, with the the whole ABK deal, if it does get approved, I i think sony like for the showcase i think what they'll do is they'll drop a bunch of teasers and they won't say anything about any games but i think that's this is going to force them to uh, either revive old shooter franchises or try to come up with new ones so like the typical sony showcases is they normally show a game or a little teaser and it's you know 5 6 years away then they'll show a teaser next year and then they won't show anything something like they did with the last of us 2 whenever they first announced it but i'm um, i'm really looking forward to seeing what they what they do surprises uh, i don't care about vr but you know got to sit through it
0: i know it's <laughs> it's kind of funny man like Whenever we talk about an Xbox showcase or even a, a Jeff Keighley event, nobody wants to just dis- like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch a bunch of streamers trying to get me hyped for a game. And then, like, you know, I think that one, like, one of them literally in the middle of the stream decided to, like, go take a bathroom break or something. <laughs> and, and, like, I'm sorry, but the VR segment of PlayStation events, I know there's people out there that like them. But at the same time, that that is our bane of, like, gaming events from PlayStation, just like Xbox and Jeff Keighley stuff is just, like, there's always those moments of, like, does this really have to be here? And the yeah. PlayStation VR stuff is that moment for the PlayStation showcases. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, close this thing out. Want to thank everybody for being here tonight. As always, please everybody, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff that YouTube likes to see if you haven't already. Um, and we will start with our guest tonight. Let's start off with Mr. Crow. Thank you for being here, good sir. Where can people find you at?
2: Oh, it was awesome coming back. Uh, I appreciate the invite. Uh, you guys can find me at Twitter at the True Dh. Or on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash the X, the true crow X.
0: All right. Uh, thank you again for being here. Um, how about you, Mr. Theory? Where can we all find you at?
1: Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Theory underscore or on YouTube at Theory. And uh, yeah, that's where I'll be.
0: All righty and crusader i know you're everywhere but where can we mainly find you at
3: yeah twitter and you know the major gaming platforms at crusader 3456
0: all right and as always you can find the txr regulars that are normally here uh invader general mld eric shockley you can find them all on twitter as well you can also locate me at centurion 1307 on youtube twitter and of course xbox live you can also find the TXR podcast on other services like Beat uh, Bitchu and Rumble. And I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. It was an awesome show. and you can always find us here every Sunday night on the same time, uh, 9 pm Eastern. Thank you everybody for being here. And until next time, have fun out there.